This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We are going to take a deep dive into the latest Ontario election poll, which has many interesting nuggets about where the voting public is at. Overall, it has the PCs with a lead. The pollsters are calling comfortable, but not a slam dunk. Innovative Research Group has the PCs at 37% support, the Liberals at 26 and the NDP at 18%, with 10% undecided. It shows that the PC base, the Progressive Conservative Party base, has almost doubled, and the very unfavorable view of Kathleen Wynne has more than doubled, and that Doug Ford is seen as more favorable than Tim Hudak was, even though 52% of people agreed with the statement, Doug Ford has a history of poor choices and bad behavior that make him unsuitable to be premier. I don't know how those things all go together. I would like to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we are going to go to Greg Lyle, the owner of Innovative Research Group, and Mike Van Solen, political strategist at Navigator Limited. Hi, guys. Hello, Hey, so uh, Greg, let's start with you. Um, uh, what did you make of uh, some of those findings, which seem to me at least to be a little uh, kind of contradictory? Well, voters are contradictory. We're often conflicted. We'll, we'll say that say that we think the liberals are better when it comes to health care, but the Tories are better when it comes to managing the debt. And if the news that day is about health care, we'll tell you we're voting liberal. And if the news that day is about debt, we'll tell you we're voting Tory. Those, that's part of what makes elections interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there were a couple of other things that I also didn't add up for me. Um, you have 10% undecided in the poll, but, but then there was another uh, point that said 62% of people say they need more information or to see more before they can make up their minds. Right. So again, people often have preferences that they're they're leaning to or that they feel reasonably strong about. Doesn't mean that they don't want to hear more. And a really good example of that was the Alberta election, where Alison Redford uh, came from the ha- from behind to beat uh, Danielle Smith. In that election, with ten days to go, the Wild Rose Party, Danielle Smith's party, was ten points ahead. Uh, 40% of the public said that they'd like to hear more, but only 8% said they were undecided. The numbers flip. Within 10 days, the Tories won the election by 10 points. So that that fact that people have an initial preference doesn't mean they're going to stay there. Mm-hmm. And Mike, uh, what do you make of uh, the, again, uh, somewhat contradictory uh, findings about Doug Ford's leadership? Yeah, voters we know don't want to be 
put in a nice tidy box so we can explain exactly what they think on any given day. And uh, Greg, of course, does excellent work and, uh, and through his firm of innovative research, I think they get some of the sort of the best look at what the Ontario electorate is thinking. But yeah, the, the Ontario electorate doesn't like to be uh, defined or put into a, a really tidy box that can be easily explained. They're, we're complex uh, human beings. We have a lot of different values tests that we may uh, call upon on any given day when asked our opinion. So, you know, I think this election is going to matter. And uh, while this is a, a great snapshot of where we find ourselves today, um, we're going to see Ontarians get uh, really subjected to the messaging and, and the full-on uh, campaigns of the, of the various parties over the coming weeks, and they may well move around a little bit. Uh, in the intro you talked, uh, I think there was a reference to, uh, you know, potentially the PCs having a comfortable lead. Well, as someone who's helped out the uh, PCs in the past, I'll, I'll tell you that, particularly in Ontario, there's no lead that's comfortable, and um, so it's really going to matter. The campaign's going to matter, and I expect we'll see some opinions shifting. Okay, uh, there's one thing that I found really interesting in this poll, and, and frankly surprising, and there were a pile of questions that related to a story that appeared in the Globe and Mail, uh, which said that Doug Ford was a hash dealer in the 1980s. And there were a series of questions uh, that said, do people believe it? Who are the people who were familiar with it, uh, who believed it, and did it matter to them uh, uh, Greg, uh, why was that included in the poll? Well, arguably the the biggest uh, hammer that the Liberals have to try and, and smash down that Tory lead is this story uh, that Doug Ford was a, a drug dealer. So we thought we should ask about it. No one seems to have, and that seemed crazy to us. And one of the things that was really interesting is when we asked people, in your opinion, is the report by the Globe and Mail that Doug Ford sold hash likely true or false? Only 47% said that they thought it was at least probably true, and only 13% said it was definitely true. And that really ties into this overall international trend we're seeing, where media credibility has been dented pretty severely. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, a, a large number of people said they didn't care. Right. Uh, for whatever reason. And in, in a lot of cases, it's because they're people that have their minds made up. Right. So if you're someone that is a firmly committed liberal or New Democrat or Green and you learn something more bad about the Tories and their leader, it doesn't change your mind not to vote for them. Um, what was sort of more interesting is the number of Tories that said, I don't care, I'm still going to vote for them. Um, so it, it makes a, a difference, but it doesn't make anywhere near as big of a difference as you would have imagined or that I expect we would have seen if this story had emerged 15 years ago. Well, um, you know, uh, to me, I mean, I don't know, maybe glass half empty, glass half full. Uh, I'm surprised that a story that appeared uh, quite a few years ago, five years ago, I think, uh, that that uh, half of people say they believe it. I, I think that's not bad, Mike. I mean, for media credibility or whatever. 
Well, yeah, I suppose there's a few different ways to look at it, but, you know, what I see in Greg's research is that many voters have, you know, as as uh, traders like to say, this is already priced into the market. People, uh, whether they believe the story has a lot of veracity or not, uh, they accept it's out there, and it's really not changing their opinion to what they want to do on June 7th. So um, it's interesting, uh, you know, as, as and for conservatives looking and trying to think ahead, is this uh, a story that's going to come back? and sort of bite them and, and uh, um, eat into Tory fortunes in the election. It doesn't seem like it is. It seems, uh, for the most part, people have accepted that this may or may not be part of uh, Doug's past, but it's really not uh, a factor in how they think about voting uh, in the next election. And, so you know, the I one think thing, though, I would just quickly add to that is that one of the questions we did is, is ask, how familiar are you with the story? And only 43% said they were familiar, and only 14% said very familiar. So for most people in Ontario, this is basically news to them. And from that perspective, it's something that would make you a little bit nervous if you're a Tory. Well, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that the Liberals won't bring it up again. Yeah, and and I I also think the fact, you know... uh, Part of it is that in Toronto, uh, we've been really obsessed with the Ford story. And, and of course, Rob, uh, Doug's brother, uh, his story of personal life broke through for national and international attention. But but Doug has really been, uh, you know, the story's still really been a Toronto story. So we'll see now on a provincial stage whether there's a, a second life for that story. I'm sure, uh, as you point out, that the Liberals will be very interested in making sure it gets a little bit of airtime. And I I suppose we'll find out what traction it might have as the Ontarians more generally learn a little bit more about Doug, consider what he's going to be like as a premier, and whether this factors in. You know, my sense, going back to the earlier comment, is I think I think people have a sense of who Doug is, and, and they've sort of priced this in, but I have no doubt the Liberals will try to make some hay with it. Uh, okay, well, people out there, I'm um, curious to know, um, are you familiar with this story? Do you uh, believe it? Do you care? Um, and if not, why not? The numbers to call once again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Uh, we're talking about the latest poll on the Ontario election that has some very interesting findings, and it had a big section related to this story that was reported in the Globe and Mail that Doug Ford was a hash dealer, a drug dealer back in the 80s. Um, So um, to me, that's quite interesting. Uh, The Doug Ford favorability numbers were also interesting. So he uh, has twice as much as Tim Hudak had back in 2014. And that's despite the fact that, that all those people, as I said in the intro, agreed the statement that, that uh, he had a history of bad behavior. So how do you square that again, uh, Mike? I, yeah, look, I, I, th- I think that... Um you know, I believe that people vote sort of where they find themselves in life. Is is uh, is my life getting better? Are things improving? Um, is my personal situation uh, good or not? And they and they look at uh, the different parties and who do they think is going to help improve. Um, 
their lot in life. Who's going to make life easier, more 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 convenient? Um, affordability, I think, is a question on a lot of people's minds. I think concern for government debt and whether we can finance all these different things that the current government is is uh, is uh, is offering is is a big factor. Uh, I'm not sure in this day and age how when this day and age my about might not be the right way to right way to express it. Sorry, but you know I'm not sure how much the story of what Doug has done in the past is going to be a huge factor. If new allegations come out or there's a new part to the story, there might be a second life to it. Uh, but I would you know we don't know if that if that is around the corner. So I, I think people uh, are as much as anything going to be looking at: Do I like the current government? Do I want to see another four years of liberal government? Do I think they have us on the right track? Um, and if if they don't, and we certainly see in a lot of polling that there is a real desire for change, then they start looking at the other guys. And um, it doesn't seem like many are giving the NDP uh, real consideration as yet. That may still swing around, um, but for the most part, it seems like the leader, Andrea Horvath, has been in the witness protection program and, and pretty hard to find. Well, you um, know, wait, wait a minute. So we had her in uh, last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a lot of audience response. I mean, that's totally anecdotal. Um, and she's been traveling around the provinces. And I know a lot of people have been saying she's MIA, but it sounds like she's been doing, uh, you know, the same things the others have been doing, but maybe getting less coverage. So, um, I don't know, uh, Greg, is is it because people aren't interested in her? She's not she's making just, a dent? In a majority government, she's less newsworthy, right? So, when it was a minority and uh, no one could win without, or no one could govern without the support of the NDP, they were big news, and her awareness was considerably higher. Um, we've seen since in 2014, there was only uh, 37% that weren't sure what they thought of her. And in particular, there was only 11% that said they didn't know her or didn't recognize her. There's now 29% that don't know her or don't recognize her. So that's a, um, you know, that's just the result of being the third party. Uh, she just doesn't have the news value. But she still has good, strong net favorables. There's 13% more people that like her than don't like her. And in both of the last two campaigns, over the course of the election campaign, as she gets more attention, her favorables tend to hold. So her challenge, she has the potential to do what Bob Ray or Sharon Carstairs or Gordon Wilson did. She has a a chance to be the person that stands up there and says, um, you know, what you two are doing is what's wrong with politics in Ontario, and I can deliver real change. The challenge for her, though, is that right now, there's enough people that like Doug Ford and are firmly committed to the Tories that she won't get that opportunity. She needs the Tories to fail in order for her to have a chance to succeed. Uh, Mike, do you agree with that? I do. I I, I think the the default uh, for many Ontarians is who are dissatisfied with the current government is they're first going to check out Doug. Doug has garnered a, a lot of media attention through the course of the leadership and, and now now as leader of the party. And I feel that's the default. They'll first check out the Conservatives, decide what they think of Doug, and Andrea finds herself in a position where only if they then decide the PCs and what they have on offer doesn't measure up, will they then 
move on and you know go further down the ballot and consider the NDP. It feels it feels that that's the progression of uh, sort of decision making for the average Ontarian. So it really is about what the what the the PCs and Doug do with the opportunity that they have with uh, you know where they're sitting in the in the polls, can they keep that support over the course of the next uh, six six weeks, whatever it is? Um, not shoot themselves in the foot, which this party, uh, you know, I regret to say, has does have some history uh, and experience in doing that. So um, I think they need to have a positive economic message. Try not to get into uh, be able to uh, fend off any attacks that may be coming, and hold that hold that uh, that Ontario voter, um, uh, and and that is. Is a challenge for uh, the NDP. I understand they have an ad campaign coming to sort of, it sounds odd to say, but reintroduce Andrea to, to Ontarians. Um, we'll see if that punches through, but I certainly agree with Greg's sentiment that it's probably the PCs who need to uh, first uh, take on some water before uh, before the NDP will get a real, a real consideration on behalf of Ontarians. Okay, I want to take some calls, but just very quick question, Greg, who commissioned this poll? This is something we do on a monthly basis. It's a way to draw attention to the fact that we have omnibus surveys that people can add questions to. Okay. Um, let us go to Cheryl in Kingston. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I want to comment on the Doug Ford thing. As far as I'm concerned, he did nothing when he was at City Council, and, and neither did his, his brother other than get international news and look ridiculous. And um, I don't, I'm not looking at the PCs because it's Doug Ford. I stopped looking at them at Patrick Brown fiasco and how they are so, they can't even manage themselves. That being said, I did ask you this a couple of weeks ago, in my opinion, where is Andrea Horath? Well, you know, it sounds like she's not getting the media attention because she's not quote-unquote newsworthy. So if the news is not hearing her, how do I, as a voter, know what's on her platform? She she has not released the platform yet. She gave us a few nuggets when she was in last week, including right. dental care. Right. She is apparently releasing it this afternoon into this uh, delightful weather here. Uh, but, but so my, uh, stay tuned. But my point is... She should be newsworthy, so everybody gets to know who stands for what. Well, well, as far as I'm concerned, she's newsworthy, and we cover her. But um, well, you do. But what about the rest of them? Well, um, you know, um, presumably uh, she'll get more attention, or sometimes it might be whatever she's doing just doesn't break through. Um, and even the, they released some ads and they were kind of aggressive ads uh, from the PCs and from the liberals. And Andre, Andrea's ad was, you know, sh- she comes off as a really nice person. Is, uh, I think we can do things to help people. So we'll see. Cheryl, um, I take your That's point. That's a nice message. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> Thank for your you. call. Okay. Uh, Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. That's good. I'm going to say this. I loathe Doug Ford, but i got to give him credit. Uh, his attacks on the Liberals is more about their wastage than about their policies. Uh, and for him to want to privatize uh, uh, pot uh, sales, well, who knows better 
<laughs> from experience, right? Well, if you believe that story, I guess so. Thanks for your call, Stephen. Okay. Okay. Uh, so um, that's going to uh, wrap up this segment. What would you like to leave us with, Mike Van Solen? I, you know, I look at these numbers, and I think they're pretty uh, positive for the Conservatives. So certainly these are the numbers they would like to have going into the campaign. But, uh, you know, for all Ontarians, you know, what I'm really confident about is the campaign is really going to matter. Uh, that, that Tory lead is going to be tested. The Liberals are great campaigners. They've shown it time and time again. I expect them to come uh, be, be really aggressive on the campaign trail and, and go probably be more negative that they've than they've been in the past to try to you know bring the PCs back down to earth. So um, that's what I'll be watching for. Just how aggressive the Liberals will be and the ability of the PCs to withstand uh, you know that sort of attack. Okay, and Greg, what would you like to leave us with? I'm in the same boat. What really matters right now are the winds of public debate. Uh, Tories start with a strong lead, so the winds have to turn and and uh, beat them down. If the win, if we see the debate continue as it is right now, then we'll see Doug Ford as premier. Okay, uh, thank you both for that. Uh, this is a subject that uh, is endlessly fascinating, and we will revisit many times. Many thanks to Greg Lyle and Mike Van Solen. Great to be here. Okay, bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, uh, we're going to talk about one of the biggest issues in the election, and that is hydro. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.